Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit SugarHillChurch.com. Can you imagine? It's the middle of August. Your brother, who you love, lives in Texas. You don't get to see him but every two or three years, but you'd love to be able to see him more. They moved to that foreign state, and now they're in a place where you can't see him often. But he calls in the middle of August, and he says, You know, me and my wife and our four kids, we're, we're coming your way. We're coming back to Atlanta for Christmas, and we'd love to see you guys. And you say, Oh, it's wonderful. And you plan, and you say, You know, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Well, would you, y'all stay with us. We'll get, we'll get the guest rooms ready, and, and then you start planning over the phone and by, by Facebook, and you start talking about all the different things that you're going to do. You're, you're going to go down and see the lights at botanical gardens, and you're going to go get a gut bomb at the varsity, and you're going to, all the different things you're going to do. You know, you plan the whole trip. It's going to be great, right? And they show up two days before Christmas, and everything is ready, and all is right. I mean, you just have a great time. You get through Christmas. You all open gifts together. It's fun. The kids are having a blast. Nobody wants to leave, but you got to go. So they head back to Texas, and, and you just, all the way home, you're thinking, this is great. It's just great to have family together at a time like this. Now, take the same family, and it's Christmas morning, and it's just y'all. For all you know, the brother and family is in Texas. I mean, half your family hadn't brushed your teeth yet. You got hair going everywhere. You got your jammies on, and you know, papers everywhere strode where you've just opened presents, and you got leftovers still in the in the sink from last night, and you hadn't vacuumed the floors because you've been so busy wrapping gifts, so you had to take your grandma's, and, and it's about 10 a.m. On, on Christmas morning, and your brother, his wife, and their four kids ring the doorbell and say, surprise! And I bet you'd be thinking the same thing I'd be thinking. You pack up and go home. What are you thinking? Well, you don't do that because you missed out on what you could have been. You you took what could have been this glorious celebration, this time of wonderment and excitement and family, and and you you just didn't prepare. And when you didn't have time to prepare, it it just wasn't all it could be. Advent is a season of preparation. Advent is a time when we start to look toward something that's extraordinary, something that's about to happen. The entire concept behind Advent is this one big thing. Jesus is coming. Be prepared for the coming King. I mean, don't, don't miss this. Today, let's take a look at what Jesus said about being prepared, being ready, not, not for his birth. I mean, I think we've already figured out that they weren't ready. I mean, the shepherds weren't ready. I mean, Bethlehem wasn't ready. Right? I mean, you, you get the picture, right? I mean, you know, the whole, the whole story here is, is, you know, an angel comes to Mary. You're, you're gonna have a baby. Hmm. Okay. She goes to her fiance, Joseph. Sweetie, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. Hmm. I'm guessing Joseph's a pretty bright guy. And he's thinking, you know what? That's not possible. And she just kind of looks at me and says, no, 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 literally, that's not possible. And then it probably a few minutes later, it dawns on him, wait a minute, it is possible, but that's not my kid. So can you imagine Joseph? I mean, he, what in the world is going on around here? So the, so the angel comes to Joseph, dude, calm down, all is well, man up, you got this. 
So Joseph figures out, wait a minute, okay, God's done something amazing here. This is crazy. So he goes back to, to Mary, honey, I didn't get it. Now I got it all as well. They head off to Bethlehem, go to be counted for the census. And when they get there, I mean, we know the story. Nobody's ready, right? I mean, there's no room in the... Yeah, I mean, you know, your kid was in the play, right? And, and if he was that part, what did the kid have to say? There's no room in the inn. I mean, you got to say it mean, right? Because, you know, we're not ready. And so, and, and, and so nobody's ready for the coming king. But Jesus, over in Matthew chapter 24 says to us, you better be ready, because I'm coming again. Now, don't miss this, because you see, Jesus who came, because you might have missed this early, Jesus who came and chose to graft himself to that little mommy, and those blood cells began to form and split, and that little bitty, bitty baby born in that little manger, grew to be a man that never sinned, a man who was perfect, a man who said, I love this world so much that those same blood cells that formed when I chose to be grafted to a human, now I'm going to shed and drop those drops of blood so that humans could have forgiveness of their sin and now be grafted into my family tree. I couldn't help but notice this week on Facebook how many of y'all have already posted pictures of your Christmas tree. Well done. Some of y'all are Christmas freaks. I saw trees that I thought, seriously, y'all just went a little over the top on. Okay, but way to go. Good job, right? But you know, if you think about it, it's hard to have a Christmas tree that means anything without a cross. It's hard to have a cross without a manger. The baby who came is coming again. But this time he's not coming grafted to a human as a little infant. This time when he splits the sky, there's going to be a crown on his head. And he's going to call those of us who have claimed him as Lord home. And we're going to celebrate. And you know what's amazing to me? I got under some intense, amazing, intense agony. I watched the Georgia game yesterday and was exhausted. I don't know that I've ever worked that hard in my life. And I noticed all last night how many church folk, including me, had so many wonderfully sarcastic things to say about college football yesterday. I mean, it was everywhere, wasn't it? I mean, then, then there's always somebody. There's, there's two or three of you I've seen in here that I saw. There's always somebody who gets spiritual in the middle of that. And they always post something that sounds like this. You know, football's not life. It's just a game. Can't we all just get along? Let me share this thought with those of you that post that. Shut up! Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously. You know what I know when somebody posts something like that? They don't like football. I watched old Winston Smith's post last night. I can almost feel his agony. I mean, 
He's an Alabama fan. Winston, bless your heart. Bless your heart. I, I mean, I came so close to feeling sorry for you. I mean, really. But I, I noticed that they're everywhere. And, and, then I, and then I thought to myself, it's amazing. Those same church folks, including me, who will post so many things about college football yesterday, I noticed how few of us were willing to post something that the season of the coming Christ the king, we were willing to post. I saw pictures, including ones I posted, of people getting smashed, of people getting hit, of scoreboards, of whining coaches, of crying Alabama children. I saw stuff everywhere. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. You know what I didn't see a lot of? I didn't see a lot of pictures of the coming king. I wonder why. You know why? Because we're not ready. We're not ready. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, look with me in beginning in verse 36. He says, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. In other words, we're just like the people around Noah. We don't know what's going on. We're not ready. We haven't gotten our act together. We haven't gotten our lives together. We haven't gotten our relationship with Christ settled. We haven't, we haven't made a, a amends with God. We haven't done what He's asked us to do. We're just like Noah. And you know what? It, it's coming. Scripture goes on and, and says, uh-oh, in verse 40, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. You know what he's saying? Be ready. Whatever you do, be ready. Don't miss this. Be ready. I told folks, we baptized four people at 9.30, and I was backstage talking to them before their baptism, and I said, you know the most amazing thing is I remember as a nine-year-old boy getting, getting, getting baptized, and, and in that baptism, when we had those four people getting baptized, I told them, this is what my pastor, Charles Hawley, told me when I was a nine-year-old kid. He said, you know, you get, you get baptized, number one, because Jesus did. Whatever Jesus did, you want to do. And he said, then we get baptized because Jesus told us to, and whatever he says we ought to do. And then he said, we get baptized because we picture Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. And he said, Chucky, because that's what they called me when I was a kid, he said, Chucky, do you know when I baptize you today, all of heaven's going to pitch a party. And I thought to myself then, and I still think to myself today, the king is coming, we need to be ready to pitch a party. We didn't come here to light candles and have some somber time in which we moan and wonder. He's going to split that sky and take us home and you're going to leave the pavement and hit gold and you're going to know a party like you've never seen one. You know what? I'm telling you, if your loved one passed away this year and you're going into the holidays and you're thinking how sad you are, can you imagine Christmas in heaven? They wouldn't come back if you could give them a billion dollars. They are knowing what a party looks like right now. Don't grieve for them. Jesus says, be ready. But now, now he takes this hard right turn and he says, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, now what have I told you? Every time you read the word therefore, you stop and you ask yourself, what's that therefore, therefore? 
That therefore is there for this one thing. Everything I just said is about to make sense because he says, therefore, you also must be ready. Be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Most of us in this room, you know what I've realized, are professional procrastinators. How many of you would say you're a procrastinator? Can I see your hands? Okay, very good. How many of you weren't listening then? If I gave you another chance, if I said, how many of you are professional procrastinators? Heard the second time. Very good. Thank you for joining us. And so uh, now how many of you say, I'm not a procrastinator. I do everything early and on time. Let me see your hands. You people are sick. All right. Let me also say you are in the vast minority in this room. You know, most of us are like, no, 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 we're not. So I looked this up. I said, uh, I thought, what is the definition of procrastination? I found that this was a great one. It is the putting off of activities that were planned or scheduled for activities that are of lesser importance. It's like when we send Samantha upstairs to straighten her room. Sam, go straighten your room. You know what that means in Sam language? I'm going to lay across the bed and Instagram. According to researchers, did you know that in the last 30 years, our generation, the last 30 years, has quadrupled procrastination? We are four times more likely to procrastinate than a generation before us. I mean, we've got more technology, we got more, we got more knowledge and access to the world more than any time before, and we are procrastinating four times more than we ever have before. Jesus is saying in verse 36, don't be that guy, be ready. Don't be that guy. Be ready. And you're saying, well, be ready for what? Now watch this. Be ready for this. Because when Jesus comes back, you want to be ready. And you know what ready means according to this text is this. Here I am living my life my way, and I am a sinful person. You say, well, not me. I'm a good person. According to the Bible, nobody's good but God. By the way, according to the Bible, everybody sinned. Everybody's messed up. Everybody's blown it, right? So we're all on even turf in here, all right? I mean, I got REV in front of my name, and you know what? You, 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 can't, buy, you can't buy a Starbucks coffee with a $10 bill in that, all right? Because we've all messed up. We're, we're all messed up people. I mean, we're all addicts to sin, right? And then, and then God looked upon us, and he said, but I love you, so I'm going to send my son Jesus, and he's going to born, be born in that little manger, and nobody's going to be ready for him in this little town, this sleepy little town, this little hamlet. Of, of Bethlehem, and he's going to grow in this perfect way, and he's going to perform miracles, and he's going to teach the wonders of what it is to live this selfless, sinless life. And then at, at the time in which the whole world wants to put a literal crown on him, the world is going to press on him a crown of thorns, and he's going to die on a cross, and he's going to shed his blood. And he's going to do that because he loves you, and you can ask him to forgive you of your sins because he shed his blood to pay the price that we deserved in our sin. And when you do, you know what happens? happens, we were part of repenting. I mean, it's amazing to me that all across this room, people right now could say this, Jesus, I need you. I love you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to come into my life and be my Lord. I, I, I want to repent. I want to turn from living my way. I want to live for you. And I want to accept your death and your burial and your resurrection as payment for my sin. And you can say it and you can mean it. And God then will be right with you. And then when Jesus walked out of that tomb, he went to heaven to create a place for us. And you know what he says? Be ready. Don't, 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 don't be thinking you're going to have all this time because it's going to be like the thief in the night and you're not going to know. I found there's seven primary reasons for procrastination, though. I thought this was interesting. Number one is a lack of clear goals. Number two, 
indecision or unpleasant tasks. Number three, a fear of failure. Number four, anger and resentment. Number five, feeling overwhelmed. And number six, feeling fatigued or tired. And number seven, my favorite, I love the last minute rush and I do my best work at the end. And some of you are saying, you know, Chuck, you're talking too fast. I can't write, I can't write all that down. You know, you can fix that. You can go to sugarhillchurch.com and you can either watch or listen and take all the notes you want. Push pause. By the way, did you know that you can also share that link? with friends, you know, kind of like the ones you shared about your scores about the football game yesterday. You can actually share that on Facebook or Instagram. Matter of fact, you could take your phone out even right now and you can take a picture of what's going on in church and you can post it out there and you could be excited about what's happening at Advent, not just what happened yesterday on the gridiron. You, you, you could do that, you know. It's not against the rules that this church should take out your phone and hold it up and take a picture like that. Like, Kelly, way to go. All right, now watch. Well, that's not Kelly. I'm, I need to get my eyes fixed. So what do you think the Bible would say about those seven rings, reasons? Well, Chuck, I, I, don't, I don't know about clear goals. Well, you know what the Bible says? Set your sight on heaven. Jesus says you can have forgiveness. So you can choose heaven today. You can choose a, a more glorious life now. Wait, does it get any clearer than that? I mean, there's a goal. I want to live in heaven forever. Okay, done. What, what about number two? Well, but you know, I, I've, I've got this It's kind of... Indecision. You know what the Bible says about that? Today is the day of salvation. Take that one off the table. Jesus says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you can choose him. Today's the day you can say, I want Jesus. Number three, well, I'm, I'm, fear, I'm fearful of failure, Chuck. Well, here's the good news and the bad news. Let's start with the bad news. You're going to fail. Okay, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. Knowing you're going to fail, Jesus said you can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens you. You get to pick. I mean, really, think about that. So I'm going to fail, and Jesus is going to allow me to fail, and then he's going to pick up the pieces, and he's going to put me all back together, and then I get to go out and do it again. How cool is that? And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, but, but, but Chuck, I, I'm, I'm resentful. Okay, I got, I got a cure. You ready? Find somebody to forgive and be forgiven. This year, this Christmas, what, what if your gift to yourself were to receive the joy of forgiving somebody who's wronged you. Can you imagine? Well, you say, well, Chuck, I'm angry. Well, forgive. Well, Chuck, I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. You know what the Bible would say? Run into that mighty fortress that Becca sang about and rest in the arms of Jesus. And then my favorite, but Chuck, I do my best work when I'm under a deadline. You know what Jesus says? You can have it both ways. You can be ready and still be surprised, because when I'm coming, nobody's going to know. Jesus didn't write this text so that some TV preacher could have a big screen behind him and talk about and guess when Christ is coming and look at when all the facts of the world and the Middle East are coming together. You know what? He, he put it here not so that we could guess about when he's coming back. He put it here so we could be ready when he does. Jesus' reason for speaking to the crowd and to us is to return to this way so we could celebrate in a big way. Jesus said, be ready and let's have a party. Let's celebrate in a big way. Prepare for it. Prepare for something big. But being prepared means living every day following in the footsteps of Christ. Being prepared means making sure our heart and our life is right with God. Being prepared means living every day in commitment and obedience to Christ. I mean, being ready means to celebrate the reality that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus went and prepared a place for us, and he's coming back, and there's going to be a celebration, and you want to be 
ready. You say, well, Chuck, how, how do I do that? Now watch this. He made it so simple for us. He said, here's how you get ready. You call on the name of the Lord. Okay, but Chuck, wait a minute. There's, there's got to be more than that, right? I mean, what's, what's the catch? I mean, do, I have to give up something, right? What do I have to do? I mean, do, do, I, I, mean, do, I, do I have to fix my language before I do it? Do I, have, do I have to give up smoking before I do it? Do I, do I have to give up chewing before I do it? I mean, do I have to give up beer before I do it? Do I, what do I have to do? And he didn't say any of that. You know what he says? Call on the name of the Lord. You say, well, no, Chuck, I, nothing's that simple. Oh, you're right. You're so right. Let me, let me show you how complex it is. You and me are sinful people with all measure of evil in our heart. And the complexity is we can't fix ourselves. I can't fix you. You can't fix me. I mean, we're messed up. And if you're here today and you don't think you're messed up, you're really messed up. And God looked at us because remember, there comes a point in the heart where you're so messed up, the only person that can fix you is the one who made you. And the maker looked at us and said, I'm going to fix you. And I'm going to let you pick whether you get fixed or not. So he looked at his son, the Lord Jesus, said, you go on down. Graft yourself to that little girl, Mary. Get born in that nasty little stable. And and nobody's going to be ready. I mean, even the dudes who were looking for it were a couple years late to the party. I mean, three wise dudes, they they couldn't do it. And, and And then the Lord lived that life and he got on that cross and he... He shed his blood and they literally took him and they put him in a grave and the world fell apart and the darkness fell on the earth and everybody thought, this is over. Three days later, they came to check on the body. When they got there, that stone was gone. And they looked in the tomb and it was empty. And Jesus, who came now had risen. Jesus, who had been born, now walked out a man, all God, all man, and he went to heaven to prepare a home for all those who are ready. And he says, whatever you do, be ready. You say, well, Chuck, why? You know why? He's coming soon. Soon he's coming. Be ready. Lord Jesus, thank you for these folks, friends and family. God, I pray we'd be a people who'd hear the message that we're to be ready. Lord, I believe you're coming again and we're going to live and we're going to act. We're going to teach. We're going to serve. We're going to give, believing it soon. Even so, come Lord Jesus. God, I pray when you split that sky wide open, And you come wearing a crown, not wearing swaddling clothes. I pray we'd be ready. People today would say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. That you would hear them as you promise and answer them as they need. 
fall on this place this day because soon you are coming in the name of Jesus.